You're listening to the Canned Fruit Podcast with your favorite trio, Danielle, Jess, and Kia. We will have meaningful conversations on what it looks like to have compassion and respect when communicating with others. This show is a safe and brave space to open up. So let's start. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Canned Fruit, where we are talking all things candid and fruitful conversations. I am here again with my amazing co-hosts, Jessica and Kia. How are you all doing today? Hey, hey, hey. Doing good. Yeah, I'm the sun is out in England today, so I'm pretty darn happy. <laughs> Again, I'm Danielle, and we are talking about a new topic today, about difficult conversations. And so the focus today is what kind of environment creates the best space for our challenging conversation? And, you know, we joked about it last episode that it wasn't... Um, it wasn't so much that positive conversations needed all this theory, right? It was just a matter that everything outside of positive conversations need to have like the best factors possible. Yeah. Yeah. So, so just because when you said that, it totally reminded me, I was taking this class and they were talking about, I believe it's the prefrontal cortex of your brain. And they were talking about how in children, it's not as developed and, um, um, so they have a harder time, you know, making decisions and doing those all those kinds of things. And it's basically like you it, for for children to behave their best, they needed the best environment. So like they need to have enough sleep. They need to not be hungry. They need to be, you know, in a good mood. Just like they need all these things because their prefrontal cortex hasn't developed enough. So for some of us, it might be like we could be a little hungry and still function and still be mm. adults. But no, your kid will have a meltdown because they are hungry, because mm-hmm. they are tired, all these things. So it's like you have to create the perfect environment. And just when you said that it reminded me of that. Oh, but you know, you're listing these things. And as you said, we can be a little hungry and still behave accordingly. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> no, I, said, I, said, I said a little Probably. hungry, not because not <laughs> I'm like, I'm not sure I can behave accordingly. I'm gonna need that list from Yukia after the (laughs) show, by the way. Um, But you're right. So there are these things that, you know, you talk about kids, but I think I need those things to be in my best form. And, you know, a good environment can mean different things to different people. Um, I'm not sure, you know, Jessica Kia, like, are there any spaces where you're just like, what's like, what would be a good environment for you to have a conversation? Well, I think you brought this up last time that like my number one, like, I don't know, trigger, Mm. that's kind of an overused word, but my number one, like raises my anxiety, raises my like cortisol, um, is having a difficult conversation with other people Mm. where they are not a part of the conversation, but I can, I can tell that they can hear me. Mm-hmm. that's like number one so for me it's like privacy mm-hmm. privacy mm-hmm. is a big deal for me when I know that it's going to be I don't know heated difficult whatever you want to say can I throw in a different word like maybe it's when too like when you feel vulnerable because I think when I get angry oh yeah it's because you've exposed something about me mm-hmm and so now it's like, oh, so you want to expose me in front of other people? <laughs> <laughs> you don't want that. Um, but so but definitely privacy. I, I agree mm-hmm. with that a hundred percent. I'm trying to think of one that doesn't rank higher for me. So I'll I'll keep thinking. Mm. But Kia, what do what do you what are your thoughts on like what would a good environment look for 
for your conversation? I think privacy, absolutely. Like, mm. like you, I was trying to think, I was like, is there anything I want more than privacy? If we're talking about <laughs> something that's difficult, if it's already going to be hard, don't make it harder by making, not only by ex- making me feel exposed, making me feel even more vulnerable than I may already feel in the conversation, mm. but exposing other people to it, like making them feel yeah. uncomfortable. So there's short story. Um, there at the, at a local grocery store there, somebody keeps having like these personnel discussions just on the floor. Right. Uh-huh. So I was talking to my coworker and she's like, yeah, I was, I was in the freezer aisle and I asked somebody to find something for me. Cause there was an issue with the freezer. So they had stored it in the back. And, um, so the person couldn't find it and ask somebody else to do it. Then the manager came up and kind of not necessarily berated her, but it, it wasn't, they weren't having that like kind words, but she was just like, uh, so we're just going to have this right in front of the customers. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I was like, the same thing happened to me that they were having this. And this is, it was a little bit more intense personnel discussion, like in front of the hot dogs. And I'm just like, are we just gonna <laughs> talk about our personnel disputes here? I just no. wanted some kielbasa. I didn't yeah, know like, today. So I'm just like rolling away because I'm like, I guess I'll come back and get it because y'all are just having a, there's an office. Why can't y'all go there? So don't make other people feel that the, um, not mm. only making you feel uncomfortable in the conversation, but other people are like, well, I didn't, I didn't mean to be part of this manager's meeting. So mm. uh, let, let's move this someplace else. Do you know that's, so the, the, my reaction to that is funny because like, if somebody else wants to have an argument, I am not bothered by their aggression towards <laughs> each other. <laughs> right. Like I, on. I do think it's funny though, because as you said it, I was like, wow, that's not something I experienced often. I'm trying to, I'm really trying to put myself in your shoes where I would be like, oh, this makes me feel uncomfortable. And like, no, no. But I think for me, it's because I can empathize with the person. Like when I see something like that, it's like, I can see a giver and a receiver frequently. Oh, yeah. And oh, so true. on the receiving end, I'm like, ooh, like I have empathy instant, mm. like, ooh, like I would not want that to be me kind of that feeling. Fair, fair, fair. But I'm not like offended by their. Yeah, right. You know, is is there a distinction? Because I see what you're saying, Jessica. Like, is that what you mean, Kia? Like you feel like this is uncomfortable for that person or are you actually uncomfortable by this exchange? I think a little bit of both. I would feel, I would feel quite honestly angry if my boss wanted to have a conversation in front of a whole bunch of people. That's mm-hmm. not, you're like, not, sure. hey, here's this award certificate. Hey, we're going to talk about whether or not you're going to still work here um, mm-hmm. in, in front of the hot dogs, right? Mm-hmm. I would be upset about that. But then also it's, maybe it's just the type, that type of conversation. It just feels like, should I know that? you are, are leaving and Yikes. it's not oh, under yeah. good circumstances right, right? like uh, at least that's so it's a, a little bit of both hmm. that's so speaking about privacy as much as I know that that's a thing for me the this is a really good example of when I feel like people try to create privacy but they don't do it in a neutral setting and the the boss employee situation is a really big one and one that I've experienced actually where 
being called into your boss's office, that is not a good feeling. And I understand that it's to create privacy. I understand that's the intention. This is a private space. Like we're going to discuss whatever promotion, something, something that's going awry, something you need to work on, whatever. It's an office with a closed door. So they're trying to create privacy, but it's not a neutral space that doesn't, I mean, it automatically puts you on the back foot to be in that situation. And I've done it to employees too come on, we're going to talk about your termination. Come on into my office. Like, that's not cool. That is not. And now thinking back on it, I'm like, it was done because of privacy, Mm -hmm. but was it really the best thing for them? Like I put them in an even more vulnerable position by bringing them into my space. You know, my reaction to that though, Jessica is it a, that's an awesome example, right? Mm -hmm. B it reminds me that it takes work to be thoughtful in these moments, like to yeah. be deeply thoughtful about how you're engaging is, are you creating an environment, not just for yourself, but for yep. the conversation, Yes. which per usual, we've got this great outline of what we're going to say and just comes <laughs> in and makes it like, <laughs> like, here we go. But that's, that's, a, I think that's a really powerful angle because we're thinking about what's a good environment for our, for us in the conversation, but you've taken it to another level. It's actually, should we be thinking about what's best for us? Maybe. Yes. That's something we need to discuss because you need to know yourself, but it's also like, can you make that next step to say what's best for this conversation? It might not be what's best for you, right? It might not be the best thing, but it might be best for the conversation. And that's like a nuanced angle that we're going to have to dig into it now. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so I'm sorry. Of, when oh, you gosh. talked about that, the bosses, you know, bringing the employee into the boss's office for privacy, even though that doesn't put you on like equal footing in that situation, or or like may not be the best physical environment. One of the things that now I, I think a little bit more about it that's important to me is kind of the relationship. So that might yeah. also shape it. So I. It, I recently was talking to one of my colleagues and they were saying, even when it's good news, every time that they're pulled into their boss's office, because recently they've been having a lot of conflict uh, with a past supervisor. And so now they have a new supervisor and every time they get called in, it causes like anxiety, even Mm -hmm. if it's like, here's your award or, you know, just, just even just a normal, Hey, it's our monthly one-on-one session it just causes so much anxiety for them. And I just think, oh my goodness. And my, we have the, we happen to have the same supervisor now. Every time I'm called into my, my boss's office, I'm like, okay, I'm here. What do you need? Like, <laughs> I just don't even, <laughs> it's kind of like a flat reaction. Like this could be good. This could be bad. But either way I'll deal with it. And just thinking like their relationship, not even with our supervisor, but just their past relationships yeah, or their past relationship with their supervisor is now coloring this interaction. Um, so just was something to think about. I think that's a good reminder to like meet people where they are and that you never really know. Right. So if you're just going about it with the best intentions, like that takes a lot of practice. Like Danielle is saying, like, I didn't know that when I first did that. But now I do like I would never do that to an employee again. If I was like terminating them, I wouldn't then bring them into my office like that's uncool in some ways. But it's also, it's also uncool. It, what I think I, I want to like give you you give you some grace because like it's only uncool because we've we've entered into this enlightened space. Right. Oh, yeah. Standard yeah. culture suggests that that's what 
needs to happen. And it's it's only until people like you that have gone through it, assessed it, and now saying are saying that doesn't work, and then going back into these environments and saying, this is not how we actually, this is not the best way for this conversation as compared to what makes you the, I'm going to use a not great term, but the aggressor, um, mm-hmm. how that person perceives it versus like how the conversation is received. I think this is just powerful because then you now just go back into the workforce or go into, into any space where you're a manager and you now have the power to transform how this, how, yeah. how people interact with this process. Right. Cause you don't get to like not fire people. There's like a whole other yeah. conversation about like coaching and how do we like, is it real? Is firing really necessary and all that stuff. In some cases it is, some cases coaching could be a possibility, but either way, a difficult conversation is going to happen. And so now you're saying, well, pulling them into my safe space is not the answer. Mm-hmm. So we're saying privacy is a big deal. Um, yeah. Safe space, right? Equal footing of space is a big deal yeah. as well. But I think, you know, Kia, you brought up this point that different environments work for different people um, and different environments also work for different conversations. So Ooh, yeah, let's, let's think like, what have been some of the conversations had it been in two different settings would have gone well and would not have gone well? I mean, my big one, my big one is always, (laughs) you said this about kids, but it's so true. I'm going to side with Danielle on this one. Like hunger for me is just like, it can ruin a conversation. Mm. It can ruin like a simple, like protein in the Mm. system can transform. And that's not, I don't know. I don't know what to categorize that as like, that's not my, I guess sort of it's my physical environment right but it's also kind of like self-awareness mm-hmm. you know this like this emotional social intelligence kind of thing of like ooh, we need to hold off on this conversation until I've had a good night's rest or mm-hmm. I've eaten or my need is met in some way I'm making faces on the camera because I'm just kind of like I want to say that I've been better at that but I'm still really bad at that I'm still really bad in my case. Okay. Now I know the food might be an issue, but what will happen is I'll check my email. Something will come off. That'll piss me off. And then I look at my partner and I'm like, ah, you, (laughs) (laughs) and he's kind of like, I, I don't know what happened, but it's this other environment I've, I've now, and I, again, to your point, like, I don't know if it's environmental, but it does feel like knowing yourself, being aware of the fact of, I've just been agitated. I should pause and take a second. Yeah. And that's what, like with food and with like, even with me, like checking an email or something that self-awareness is just huge. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I don't know why now, like 10 years later, I'm thinking like, oh, like when my husband proposed to me, he knows me enough to know that if I didn't want to, I would have said no. And we did this in a very public place (laughs) or he did it in a very public place. So I feel like that's a difficult conversation that you might not even think of as normally a difficult conversation where you're asking somebody, Hey, you want to, you know, spend the rest of your life with me. And, and they get to say yes or no. So, okay, I want to just double double on that because I think it's really important that you own the fact that you could say no. Just I think mm-hmm. in the way stories are told, it's like you propose, therefore I say yes. And I'm like, 
I just, I just resonate with that deeply. And I'm very grateful that he knew <laughs> it could have gone wrong. embarrassed in the, in, in the restaurant. But I, also, I said no. but I also think what this brings up, and this is kind of, I'm thinking about like my work life a little bit here where like, if I'm engaging with a client or with like in the nonprofit sector with fundraising, like you never make the ask without having information. Right. Mm-hmm. And so what it makes me think about this is another point of environment is also being thoughtful about, are you prepared? Mm-hmm. You know, have mm-hmm. you thought through not in like intricate detail? Cause that's where I go awry where I'm just like, and then this person can say this and then I can say this and, and that's not helpful. But like, have you really thought about this goes back to the self-awareness? Have I done enough work within myself to be present in this conversation? But then I think there's also this point of like, have I paid attention to the other person enough to know how they're going to show up in the conversation? And this goes back to it being work, right? Cause think about managers, Jessica, where it's just like, they don't, I don't want to say bad managers don't have time. I want to say that good managers may make mistakes and not have time to think through about this stuff. Bad managers don't care. Right. And I think when you're talking about even like um, the proposal, Kia, he had thought enough about you and understood that this exchange had to involve his comfort zone, your comfort zone, and the information that had been exchanged between the two of you. And I think it's a really good example of what what makes for a better environment you know we use the word environment and we think about well does it need to be sunny and yeah when it's sunny I'm much better mm-hmm. but an environment where I know that someone has given thought to where I'm coming from is really important for a healthy conversation in my opinion mm-hmm. too you mentioned time and that reminded me of uh, something that I think is important for the conversation which is not only time as in Maybe we shouldn't talk about this at 5 a.m., babe. Maybe you can wait until I'm actually awake and we can talk about this. Or maybe we should talk about it at 11 o'clock at night and I want to go to sleep. Um, I'll say my husband's a night owl. I'm a semi-night owl, but he's a really, really night owl. And I'll be like comfy at, you know, 9, 10 o'clock, ready to go to bed. And he's like, let's talk about this. And I'm just like, no, let's not. Uh-huh. That's not at all. Uh-huh. We can talk about this later. I'm the let's talk about her, just for the record. <laughs> <laughs> you knew that. You knew that. Uh, but not only the time of day, but allotting an appropriate amount of time to actually have the conversation. If it's mm. at home and you know that uh, the kids are going to come home from school in, in 10 minutes, you're not going to have enough time to have that conversation. If it's at work and, you know, you're like, oh, well, I only have, you know, 15 minutes. Let me just squeeze in this performance appraisal. I need people to be engaged, right? Or talk about active listening a bit. Like I need a hundred percent of your time when I'm talking. And if it feels like you're thinking about the work project, are you thinking about the move? Are you thinking about this? I'm going to be annoyed. And then when it comes, oh, I've got to go because I'm tired. And that's only been 15 minutes. Some would say it's been an hour and a half. It's all perception. What actually is the transpire? <laughs> but there is something to be said about like crafting the window and not being yeah. upset that you had to craft out this time so that both parties can be comfortable. Yeah. I love that. I love that that crafting the window because I don't want to make, especially when it comes to like your personal life. Some people are like very, um, and I feel like rigid has a bad connotation, but they're just very organized. And they're like, the the kid wake up at this time. I wake up at this time. I leave at this time, Mm -hmm. get home. They have everything planned out. But um, I do like 
I like crafting the time because if you if you are more organized, you're like, oh well, we've got you know an hour here or thirty minutes there, however long you think you need. Um, then I think that that's something you can do. But I'll say I like crafting the time because I'm usually somewhat organized, and I think about a time where uh, my husband and I needed to have a, a difficult conversation, which I right now I can't even remember what the conversation was about, but I remember. I had to take some time to think about it. So I took several days to think about how I felt. And that's just for people who who don't need to take several days to think about how they feel. <laughs> you, you, this might sound forward to you. Congratulations. Are, yeah, like if you know what you feel immediately, well then fine, all right then. I had to take some time. And then I... I I guess this is a this is an example of how not to do it. I thought, oh well, we can just like have this. I've I've decided how I feel. You already know how you feel, um, so we can just finish up this conversation we were having because it was something where I was like, well, can we come back to this after I think about it for a little while? Mm-hmm. Um, so I decided um, that we had. 20 minutes before our parent teacher conference. And I was like, this is going to be a short conversation. (laughs) I know my side. Yeah. Like this is, this is going to be quick. We're going to resolve this and keep it moving. And then I was like, Oh, we're still, this seems like it's not over and we need to get to this parent teacher conversation now. So I, and I recognized, I was like, okay, maybe I didn't pick the right time. And then pointing out, okay, well, can we come back to this again later? But just knowing that if you don't pick enough time, then you need to have a plan B. Do we just be late for this parent-teacher conference? Do we mm. determine a different time? Um, so just the funny thing is, you suck. Like I, I do have the running joke where, where we know I'm, I'm quick to feel, just as quick to anger. He is quick to resolve to herself, right? And so we've got all our kind of stereotypical language leans. Um, but I do. I think my reaction to that is I'm glad that you did it that way. I I can tell you that I have still reacted negatively to the thought that someone else didn't understand me enough, i.e. my husband, um, uh, love you, Uh, but, you know, (laughs) just didn't understand me enough to know that that 20 minute window was probably enough for your point but I was gonna have all these other feelings attached to it you're right right (laughs) but you know I think I think what I want to celebrate is the practice because I don't always get it right he doesn't get it right we're not all gonna get it right Mm -hmm. and so I think the fact that you at least were like okay but there is we'll have to revisit this again and the the fact you were proactively open to it that makes me um that just that that makes me feel positive. Like the fact that it was still there for room. There was and I'll room. add for, for more of my uh, brethren and sistren that that even the point of coming back is growth for me because I would yeah. say, okay, we, we had this, it wouldn't be a difficult conversation. It would really be like my husband talking his feelings at me and me essentially shutting down and then being like, oh goodness, thank you. This is over. Um, and, and moving on with my life and never coming back to it. So uh, recognizing that him talking at me is not what he wanted. What he wanted was for us to talk about whatever the thing was. And maybe we did, we did talk about it for a little bit, but then it was just like, okay, well now I need to think about it. We'll come back to it. And then realize that, oh, well, while I was thinking about it to come back to it, we still, it's, this is still a whole conversation, not like the ending of it. So Mm -hmm. I'll say it's, it's definitely, 
a continuing, a continuous growth. <laughs> like, it's not like, oh yeah, no, I said I come back to it and we came back to it. Oh, okay. Next lesson, a lot, an, an entire conversation time, not just yeah. let's fit it in this time. So as you're growing, remember, like, you're still going to make mistakes. You're like, oh, I did this great thing. We're coming back to it. Oh, okay. Well, maybe come back to it in a different way the next time. So <laughs> it will just... always come back a different way. <laughs> I, it, what you're saying though is reminding me and um, Jessica chime in here because it's it's this universally necessary concept. So we've got some environments that we know are generally universally important for us, for us, but mm. some of them, you know, to your point, Kia, it's the, you know, the, the, what the thing that keeps coming up to me is the relationship, right? Like how mm. people are interacting with each other, what, what relationship they have. Is it parent, child, is it partner, partner, is it employee, um, supervisor kind of relationship and so you know some of the ones that we've come up with are kind of like uninterrupted communication which is aligned with this concept of active active listening um the relationship that these two or more people are have have with each other growth mindset which i think is always an important one and so like and and time came up again Mm -hmm. you know time came up Mm -hmm. but do those resonate as universally necessary to the three of us? I think uh, we'd love to hear from like listeners if they resonate, but like, since it's three of us on this call, what, like, do those sit well with as universally necessary for creating an environment that yields a positive, productive conversation? It's a little bit funny. Um, I need to find a better way to describe it's it. It's not ha ha funny. funny. Mm. <laughs> I mean, if it makes Jessica break out in song, I know, right? The record deal is next. Um, <laughs> Listen, the, with Dolly Parton, here we are. I kind <laughs> of thought of uninterrupted communication. Mm. I tied it to privacy, and then you immediately backed it up with active listening. And mm. I thought, just because you have privacy does not mean that your conversation partner Absolutely is actively not. listening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. Absolutely I mean, not. that's, that's every evening in my, oh my house, gosh. right? I've been like alone that's with a lot of people. Come on. I can't even remember who they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's true. I think it's not just active listening. It's like presence almost, which maybe is a component of active listening, but I mean, you can, you can be in the same room with someone and also not have a conversation with them, but also be present with them. Do you see what I'm saying? You know, that has been posed to me and I don't understand it. I genuinely don't understand it. Really? I hear you. And it's been presented to me as something, but it doesn't like, I'm like, okay. So I think about it as like picking up on someone's signals that aren't verbal. Okay. It's, it's a form of like observation right? I think it's Being like able to like, see, oh. go ahead. I was just saying, it's, I was trying to think of a specific situation. The only thing I can think of is in the doctor's office, like if there's like a news article on and a person across the room for you does like a, a chuckle or, or like, a, oh, and you're like, yeah, right. This guy, right. <laughs> it's just like, it's not even that, like, like you're not really happy. Yeah. yeah. Like, like shared moment in that shared space, even though I, I don't know guy across the room's name. Like we're not actually having a conversation, but there's that presence, I guess. Yeah. Um, you're like sharing that moment with that person without sharing any 
words or knowledge or whatever a conversation is made of, right? Because a conversation is more than just what comes out of your mouth, right? Yeah, that body language. Yeah, it's the face that you make when you say it or... Maybe that should be universally necessary too, like positive body language. Yeah, Um, I think that that's kind of, I think that goes kind of with the growth mindset of like setting yourself up in this, like, like how you show up to a, to a conversation. Cause I think if you have that right mindset, your body probably will follow. Cause a a lot of what we do with our body is unconscious, right? We just, we laugh at things. We smile, we shake our heads, we raise an eyebrow. We do that lean in thing or the cross your arms thing. Mm-hmm. All these like so much research has gone oh, yeah, into this. Oh yeah, this morning I was crossing my arms, leaning back. People must have known. <laughs> <laughs> my body language was Ooh. not good. Well, well, so what think about that then? So we've got these, these kind of nonverbal cues. What is that saying in terms of creating the environment for for a productive conversation, right? So are we suggesting that you're, so, you know, I'm, I, it's, it's weird because like, I hear you on the positive. I'm wondering if it's helpful to be honest. I wonder, well, I guess that's to your point, Jessica, people can't, people can try, but most of the time your body language is always honest. Yeah. Right. Like you, you can't, you can fake it, but something comes out at some point that highlights that, um, what you're really feeling in the conversation. I think we have little control over the relationship component though. Like the conversation is going to have to happen. And so that's less of a necessary, more of a a, a factor in mm-hmm. how we then, what angle we take. Not something I'm particularly good at. I think if and maybe the universally necessary thing is assessing the relationship, right? Like I probably shouldn't have the same kind of conversation with my daughters as I would have with another adult. You know, and there's a certain level of acceptance of patience there, which to be honest, sometimes I don't have, but if I'm aware of that, then I'm creating a better environment. So even though I'm the one who wrote relationship, (laughs) (laughs) I'm wondering if that is now. Okay. So we talked about this a, a little bit offline, but just wondering, like, if you see the relationship with someone in a different way than they see it, because I feel mm. like there are people out there in the world who think that we are friends mm-hmm. uh, and, mm-hmm. and we are not. <laughs> so. so I think this goes back to the point about assessing the relationship, right? Yeah, but they see it as we are, not, maybe not BFS, but we are great friends. And I see them as you are an interesting colleague. Mm. But how does how would you say that factors into yielding a productive conversation i would say i would just say it might slant their analysis yeah. on how they can come to the conversation exactly. or how i might respond to it because they'll come thinking he is totally gonna agree with me i'm gonna be like what is wrong with you <laughs> maybe mm-hmm. not in those exact words because i'm enlightened but um <laughs> self-proclaimed <laughs> no, no assessment needed <laughs> But they might not get the response that that they were thinking. So now I'm just wondering, maybe it's still something to consider, but now I'm thinking on the other side, like you have not accurately assessed the relationship and it's not, it's not happening the way that, that maybe you had hoped or thought. 
I, I guess my only adding into this relationship piece is that maybe if you are not on the same page about the relationship, this is going to come up in this candid conversation. I think it's uh-huh. inevitable that some things also come up in conversations that you might come in saying, I have a lot, you really liked my hot dogs from the grocery store. And they're like, no, absolutely not. And um, Mm. because that's apparently a very important conversation to have. Like, I don't like your hot dogs. Um, But then you're like, wait, why are we talking to each other this way? I thought I was here. You think we're here. We now have a new conversation to have. I I think that's so good. Especially I was going back to my proposal um, example and I'm just thinking, yeah, no, you, th- you think that this is a forever relationship and that person's like, oh, wow, I was going to break up with you next week. Yeah. And so you're not paying attention to the other person. You're paying attention to how you exist in this relationship. You're not paying attention. And that relationship could be any relationship, mm-hmm. right? You're not paying attention to the other person, which is something I just want to be very transparent. Like I'm not coming off as like, oh, you're not paying attention and I do all this time. Absolutely not. I just told you there are people in the room I've been alone with and I actually do not <laughs> Right. And so if that's what I've done, that means that I haven't always been present for the other person in that relationship. Um, But I do think that I was going to take it off the list of necessary, but I do think paying attention and being aware of your status in this relationship, in this point of conversation, I think is going to be a necessary for having a good converse, having a good, thoughtful, productive conversation, because I would have had, I'm paying attention to you in terms of an, there's uninterrupted communication. I'm not distracted. I'm not on my phone. I'm not distracted by the people in the grocery store who are going to hear this. I I understand the relationship that you're my manager and I'm the employee, right? And I understand where we're going to come from or we're, we're friends and I'm at least aware of where I think we are. And I've paid attention enough Mm -hmm. over the course of time to understand that you and I are in the same place. Um, and then the other two, we have our growth mindset and time. I think growth mindset is always necessary and timing is timing is of the essence, right? Mm-hmm. I just agree. There we go. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, these were like, Kia did share these and we were like, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there might be others though, but I'm starting to think that these are at least four that we can like ground ourselves on as a starting point. I'm getting a feeling about like that everything that we've talked about so far up to this universally necessary, especially the relationship part, thinking about your relationship, um, everything we've talked about so far has kind of felt like you're standing at the before a difficult conversation, knowing that you're about to enter one. Mm -hmm. And so therefore you can control your environment a little bit, right? You can be like, oh, I'm going to eat before I have this conversation. Oh, I'm going to create a neutral space before we have this conversation, right? And then I think there's a gray area where you're like what Kia was talking about with her person, where you're like, oh, we need to pause this and I need to come back to it because this isn't a good environment for me, whether it be Mm -hmm. like I need to think about it longer or I need to take care of something else. Then there's also the environment where, or like those difficult conversations where you cannot control the environment. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we're going to talk about next week. The, like the things that are going to be helpful in those situations. And I'm feeling like relationship is kind of somewhere in there because I don't, having a relationship with a person makes a conversation easier. 
It makes a difficult conversation easier, but I'm not always having difficult conversations with people I'm in relationships with. Well, I I was throwing it. So that's a great nuance. The way I was using relationship or at least um, failed to highlight relationship was that we are always in relationship with someone. There is an, and so that's how I see things, but I hear you on that. Yeah. Traditionally, like ideally you've had some interaction, but like if someone's yelling at me, a stranger yelling at me from a car and mm-hmm. saying back to Africa, which has happened, mm-hmm. I'm in a, I, I see that as a, it's not a relationship as a way, but we, I want to, I'm assessing our relationship is that I don't know you, you don't know me. And mm-hmm. so it's like, when I use that, when I was thinking about how we could frame this, I think you're right. It's like the assessing of the relationship. And then there's like, well, mm-hmm. where that assessment lands you, like, do yes. we actually have a relationship or do we have absolutely no relationship? Right. So that, that I think that's, that's like really insightful distinction point. It, it does bring us into some of these factors to remember. And so Jessica, you're so right that we've been kind of like, well, how do you prepare yeah. How, you, how do, you how do I create an environment that's mm-hmm. good? But then there are some things, you know, to the, to your point that you're not always in control of your environment and like thinking through something like what happens when you're not in control of your environment? I think he has brought up that the power of pause, you know, yeah. that I'm, mm-hmm. just gonna... oh, I'm glad you gave it a name. Cause I'm just like, oh, we can't do this right now. <laughs> 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 just gonna call now it's power of pause no, no, no. <laughs> like that i because I, I use that power word because i think it's so powerful when someone mm-hmm. can stop a conversation and yeah. say we only do this right now yeah that's powerful i think that's that's amazing to be able to ask for a change in environment right that's that's huge to be like mm-hmm. No, 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 this isn't right. Something about this, right? Imagine, imagine if that day when I was called into my boss's office, if I was like, we can have this conversation, but not right here in your office. Like, <laughs> like I am like, hold on, <laughs> you don't get to pick everything. And then also tell me I'm all also, the bad things that I'm doing. And we forget yeah. that Jessica, the employee, just because she has the title of employee. Yep still has the same amount of power as manager in terms of demanding what we need for ourselves. Mm-hmm. I might yep. not have the power to say, you know, you're fire. But could you imagine the, just take a moment to imagine you somebody totally, no, <laughs> you're fire. Like that doesn't, we're not talking about that, but yeah. remembering that you have the power to say that this doesn't work for me. Yeah. Right. And so Again, with relationship, assessing the relationship, assessing if there is a relationship to your point, Jessica, that employer and you have some type of dynamic going on. Yep. What you can also assess is that whether they tried or not, they did not create an environment for this conversation that works from my side. Yeah, they created an environment for them. Yeah. And so they may have created, they may have tried, they may, you know what, Jessica really likes offices. <laughs> you know, she keeps asking for one. So I, uh, bring her in. right. But there's also this she other. She acts like she has one. <laughs> Next, that's another, you call them into their office, into your office. Um, but there is this balance of, okay, now I'm saying I can show up in this conversation and say, Hey, employer, 
I get this is going to be an uncomfortable conversation. What I do have power over is to speak to what I need, but that requires self-awareness. That requires probably a lot of deep breathing in the moment because you're probably emotional about Mm -hmm. what, or triggered or whatever the word's going to be about what this person is about to say to you. But if you can be in that mental state to say, I'm uncomfortable, what would make me comfortable? This is like that preemptive part. It's like, if you know that you need privacy, but that privacy in the office is not working, like, can you provide, provide an alternative example? I mean, and I'm, I'm talking a lot because I also want to just highlight that there are many situations where this is not going to be possible. Yeah. Right. There are many situations where people don't have the power or feel like they have the power to say these things. But the hope is that in hearing this, you're encouraged to try. Because guess what? If they're calling you in to fire you anyway, what's you going to (laughs) lose? Nothing. Right? Like at this point, if you're, if you're afraid that they're calling, this is about assessing the relationship, understanding where you are. If you know that they're about to call you in to fire you, I challenge you to try in this situation because you're not going to lose, right? If anything, they're like, you know what? I like that initiative. Second chance. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I I just think that that's a powerful example, Jessica, you give of like an employee coming in and saying, yeah, this doesn't work for me. And owning that is like, again, powerful moment. I will say, I also, maybe I didn't even realize it was the the power and not only understanding what I need, but knowing that I can ask for it. And that's part, I guess, mm. part of assessing that relationship. Even if per chance my boss was calling me in the office to fire me, but maybe I, I feel like I'd have to do something egregious. I, would, I wouldn't even show up to work anymore. Um, I just, I would know that I would have no qualms about asking for that. Mm-hmm. So I feel for people sometimes when people say things like like ask for what you need they're like what do you mean ask for what I need like asking for what I need is what's going to get me in trouble not Mm -hmm, you know whatever the mm -hmm. actual conversation is and I don't I'll be honest I don't have a solution for that (laughs) I'll think on it see if I can come up with a solution to save the world but I I I have found that setting those in this case, it's not necessarily a boundary, but maybe expectations and understanding what I need and communicating that clearly has saved me so much. Just strife, trouble, yeah, all those types of things. Phew. You guys just throw me for like, throw me some awesome curveballs. We thought we were going to come in here and talk about hunger and a good night's sleep and I'm sunshine. Gonna... And here we are. <laughs> Do you know what? Because I, and I'm still, I'm still throwing out there that hunger, a, a good meal, a good sleep mm-hmm. and a little sun can also remind people that they have power. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. I feel way more powerful when my hair looks better than, than to not, you know, just mm-hmm. kind of like weird, weird things like that can alter you. So I think again, being proactive about that is, is um, I want to stay on this topic for so long, but I do need to like highlight that there were some other things that were interesting too. Even when you create your ideal environment, so my hair is done, nails done, everything did. I've eaten, <laughs> I, I've slept, you know, <laughs> And I ask for the environment that I want and someone says, no. Yeah. Some, you like, what happens when you've asked 
and you're not offered that perfect setting or you're not offered, but it's not you there. There's just no, it's not even an offering. It's just like, it just can't happen. Um, you've waited too long. The conversation blows up in the restaurant. Um, you know, example, example after example of where like you try to create a calm environment. Yeah. But it, but the other person is not in that same mental space with you. Uh, the relationship was assessed on your side, but they didn't do the work to assess theirs. And so they're like, but you're my best friend. What do you do? I'm reminded of that um, scene in The Incredibles mm. where- um, Classic cinematography. <laughs> where the dad, Mr. Incredible, I guess, um, he he saw like a crime happening, was about to leave the boss's office and the boss was like, you walk out that door, you're fired, something like that. Um, and so it wasn't necessarily about creating that environment, but then when that person tells you no, when that person says that, no, you can't have that environment, no, you can't have what you need, I guess you then have to make the, you have to decide, is being part of this conversation at all? Um, and good for me. So I think, I think this goes back to the different environments work for different types of conversation or different relationships with different people. And for me, it's why no, Mm -hmm. why, why no, how to, how do we get to yes? Right. That's, that's the question for me. How do we, how do we get to a yes? That's the nature of compromise. And like, if it's, if the conversation for me is important enough to have, then I want to know how do we get to have the conversation? How do we, how do I get to a yes? How do we change the, what about it is no, is it no, not right now. Okay. Is it no, I don't want to have this conversation. Why? You know, what, what's the no you really found a middle ground for me because I was like, I, in Kia, I trust, but something about the walking away triggers me. Mm. Um, and it, you hit it on the head. It's because I have had people, one person brave enough to walk away from me and I will follow you. <laughs> you can only walk so far <laughs> and i and i do think you bring a really really balanced um for me because like because let, let's always be fair like Kia, you get to as an adult you get to manage these interactions the way you feel necessary right mm-hmm. and and so all i'm doing is i'm sitting here like well that that person tried to walk away from me and i wasn't done and there is this kind of place where I'm like, why, why was, why did that hurt so much? Yeah. It was that hurt because that person assessed what was best for them again, back to what's best for the conversation versus what's best for the individual, which again, mm-hmm. we're going to have to have a whole separate, cause that was not, mm-hmm. I was not expecting that job today. I don't know. Sometimes. It wasn't you, but what you're talking about, Jessica is getting what's best to the conversation. And I wonder, yeah. and I, and I trust uh, not even a trust. I assume Kia that if someone was hurt by you walking away, if it if that relationship is really of a standard that requires that, mm-hmm. I'm sure you would hear that that person also needed something into that conversation 
And yeah. So when Jessica was talking, I was like, oh yeah, I mean, I would do those things. I would try to get to something where we could, where I could understand. I kind of moved all the way to the, you've become unreasonable. And mm-hmm. I decided I don't want to be in a conversation with an unreasonable mm-hmm. person mm-hmm. type mm-hmm. situation, but I would try to like, especially if it's my spouse, mm-hmm. I'm going to try and understand why. And I've never had a conversation with him where he doesn't want to have a conversation with me. Then. Yeah, I <laughs> know. But yeah, I would I would try to get to a yes or some type of agreement or or compromise or something like that before yeah. I went. Let's walk away. But I just always want people to understand, like you do have a choice. You can walk away. Yeah. But then again, all choices do have consequences. Like, well, I mean, Key, you're saying it kind of in a respect or in a very respectful way, you're saying like, I would walk away and also tell that person why I'm doing it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I didn't hear you say just like, I would blow that person off. Like, that's not what you said. That's not what I heard. You said, I would tell them I need to have this conversation later. I need to process my emotions. So I'm still reacting to that. Um, just because I am hearing the, the why but I'm not hearing two people in that conversation come to an agreement on the why. And maybe they don't have to, right? Like maybe there doesn't need to be an agreement. I'm just thinking selfishly about like, if someone told me, no, I can't have this conversation because it doesn't work for them. Have we assessed what works for me? You know, like, yeah, or is it no, that? That's a good point. And, and and again, maybe that, maybe this is for like our later, more advanced. Episode 44, got it. Yeah. Episode 44, <laughs> yeah. Kia has figured out that that conversation doesn't work for her. Mm-hmm. And if, which is now in a whole nother conversation, right? Because now we're discussing about what we need, which is the problem. And this is how a 15 minute conversation becomes an hour and a half, because <laughs> there are all these other things that are popping up. It's like, okay, well, Kia needs this, Danielle needs this. What do we if Kia has decided that this conversation doesn't work for her and walks out the conversation and Danielle has decided that having this conversation is what works for her. I just wonder how we come to an agreement. Um, and no, this is all about the environment. And so this is right. I agree with you, Kia, that if the environment is wrong, you should exit the environment. Mm. It's to your point about the consequences. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I want to be fair. I always try to be fair. I might not be right, but I try to be fair. Flip side me consistently trying to have that conversation also has consequences. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not on the conversation, but on the relationship. Again, but see, this is how we always come to the middle ground, right? This is what, this is why you've not walked out in a conversation on me yet, Kia, right? Because, not because not, ever, <laughs> ever. But there is this, there's this thought that if, if I know, and again, also you just get like, if I know that, there are things that will be triggering. This, this is my, I need to be up. I need to be respectful of that as well. Right. Like if I know that Kia needs time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if I, if I know Jessica needs like a safe space to process this through, those are things that should be factored in on my part as well. So that yeah. in the hopes that I've given you enough respect, you can, you can last in the conversation Kia longer than the 15 minutes because I've, given you the space of I've given you three days to think about this just for the record it probably would never be three days I just want to be honest I can't last that long (laughs) you got at least 24 to 36 hours you know 
But I mean, I, I do think that these are all important things. You know, you can't always control it. We can't always, um, we can ask for it, but we might not get it. You know, mm-hmm. um, we're allowed to change the environment is something that we didn't like touch on in detail, but I think it's it's subtle in that we get to ask for what we want. And regardless of if we get it or not, we always have. And I think I do actually think that's what you brought up just because with your great example about the employee, which I really, really wish happens more. Yeah. You know, I really wish that the employee comes in respectfully, right? Respecting that this person is not maliciously trying to dominate them, but yeah. by the fact that they have title of director, manager, whatever, might not understand the weight that they yeah. carry. And yeah. reminding them that, you know, this doesn't work for me. Can we have this in a different location or a different, you know, time might not be great because you might need to be gone today, but, you know, <laughs> it's something to just consider. It's just something to consider. Yeah, the conference room is free and it's not completely made of glass. Um, mm. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> and we just need to think about that more because it's like, is that just a delaying of the reality, you know? Like, I think there's a little bit of a self-assessment that has to happen. Totally. Yeah. That's um, the, that's the, like, am I actually just avoiding the conversation? mm -hmm, Am mm -hmm. I saying no, because I actually have a need or am I saying no to avoid the conversation? Right. Mm. Phew. Mm. (laughs) Never, ever disappoints. Okay. Suddenly we're environmentalists. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Thank you for listening. Keep listening. Keep sharing your thoughts and your feedback with us. We want to grow and learn with you. We are not experts. We are always trying to figure out the best ways to share this content, but also to understand new topics that we might not have thought about. So please reach out to us. We want to be a friend. And until next time, continue to have these wonderful, candid, and fruitful conversations. Awesome. Toodles. That brings us to the end of this Canned Fruit Podcast episode. Thank you listeners for joining us today. We also want to thank our assistant producer, Brianna Jovan from What's Good Productions. If you enjoyed our show, we invite you to connect with us on Instagram at Pod and email us at canfruitpod at gmail.com. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen to your favorite shows. And be sure to come back next time for another discussion as we continue to have candid and fruitful conversations. Until then, this is Jessica, Kia, and Danielle. And don't forget to open up. Open up.